When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go talk to our guy, Patrick Nosey Walker of DallasCowboys.com in this edition of The Scientific Method. Good morning, Pat. What up, brother? I would say how you doing, man, but, but I already know we're all still getting over this one. We, we really didn't see this one coming like this. Yeah, I tell you what, though, um, it's only nine o'clock over here. You already got me wanting some of Hattie B's hot chicken. <laughs> hey, did you yeah, see the way you? Yeah, the yeah. way you sold that. Come on, like, man. Yeah, up, they need to up their little sponsorship dollars. You sold that, bro. Hey, yeah, hey, A to Z, Hattie B's. Y'all hear that? Y'all hear that now? Yeah, yeah. He's he, listen, listen, Hattie B's. Uh, my, my man, he he sold you. He sold that like uh, like Seth sold CM Punk's return <laughs> at Survivor Series, like. Yeah, he sold that. I want some Hattie B's. But, no, nah, yeah, it's, the wounds are still raw, man, from Sunday. And the same applies for, for every, you know, diehard Cowboys fan. And uh, and the same applies for, you know, the players and, and the coaches and, and, you know, as well. So, I mean, when you look at what happened on on Sunday, there's, you know, a lot of people say, they ask me, like, you know, no see what went wrong and can I pinpoint what went wrong. And, you know, I think I, I put it best. And one of the replies, somebody said, well, you know, this is going to take you hours in the science lab to dissect. You don't have to dissect something whose guts are all over the floor, Bars. right? Like, you don't you don't have to dissect that. So if, if a deer gets hit by an 18-wheeler, you don't have to pull out the scalpel and dissect. All you have to do is stand there over it and just point at each one of the things, <laughs> right? So that's yeah. what happened on Sunday. I mean, the Cowboys, they they were not a professional football team on Sunday against the Packers. That's just bottom line. There was a failure on every single level by almost every single player. I mean, I can count on less than one hand the players that showed up and left it all on the field, Jake Ferguson being one. Yeah. Um, Tony Pollard played well. Michael Gallup played well. Um, you probably could throw in one more, two more tops, but you're not getting over five. And for a 53-man roster – 46, 48 guys dressing plus the coaches on the sideline. I mean, what was that? Like, what was that? Usually, when when something when you say something like that, hey man, a handful of players came to play well. I immediately start thinking, well, what went into this preparation, right? Like, like it's right. it's one right. thing if you get a handful of players that didn't play well, <laughs> but a handful of players that did. I say now, okay, when whole units and 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 whole game plans are just all out of whack. I, I then turned to, well, what the hell did you guys do leading up into this game? Because to me, it came out, it, it just seemed like they were discombobulated from the jump. You know, what? what's interesting is if you go back and you look at the game, Will, they they actually weren't until they were. Let me let me explain what I mean by that. Okay. The, the Packers, they win the coin toss. They choose to, to accept the ball. You know, first thing, right out of the gate, who makes a play? Demarcus Lawrence. Everybody's clapping. Here we go. It's time to cook. Time to cook. 
and then a couple of mistakes, a couple of penalties later, you you get the uh, the illegal downfield penalty on Deron Bland extends the play. That's like okay, all right. And then Jordan Love pushes down the field, and now you finally get them in a third down situation. You can probably force them into a field goal situation, which will be a, a win considering everything that happened on that drive. And the same person who burst out of the gate is the same person who got you the offside penalty that then made it half the distance to the goal, and then they scored on the on the very next play. And then from there, it seemed like the defensive mentality was broken. And then you flip to the offensive side of the ball. When you saw that Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb, that connection was ice cold, you know, you talk about the, the inside slant over the middle drop. You talk about, you know, some of the miscues between them on the outside routes. CD runs that inside, Dak throws the out. Uh, you talk about what happened with – and I, I will say, you know what, I'm not going to say it. It doesn't matter because the refs didn't blow this game. But the interception to Cooks, that goes through Cooks' hands. We know why it went through. should have been a DPI. wasn't a DPI. But all of those things go to my greater point in that – because everything started going wrong for the offense on their first drive and then their second drive, they mentally started to break down. So that's that's more so what I saw on Sunday was this cascade of mental breakdowns and demoralizations that then turned into me basically watching a team that wasn't any more organized and any more communicative on the field in real time than a local Pop Warner team. You're talking about guys blowing coverages that you wouldn't blow coverage in high school, right? You're talking about guys, you know, taking the inside on a on a on an option route without cover without yeah you know, without safety help over the top, which would then allow a guy like Romeo Dobbs to just break out on the deep fade off the right seam and get a 45 50 yard play. And then you look at the film and you're like, wait a minute, was that is that 21? That yeah. was Stephon Gilmore. Happened twice. Right, that wasn't Sean Wright. That wasn't, you know, a rookie late-round pick in Eric Stokes. That was the former <laughs> NFL Defensive Player of the Year who has been one of your best cornerbacks for the entire season. So when you see stuff like that happening, you just sit back and you say, you know what, this team, this team is so unserious today. And, yeah, that goes to the players, but it also goes to the coaching as well. And, and, and speaking of the coaching, I, I went into this game saying, you know, th there's just no way we're going to be really talking about anybody's job unless one thing happens. And that one thing just felt so far fetched that I, I you'll love this analogy. I, I pretty much compared it to when Dr. Strange was going into the future and they asked him, well, how many, you know, what did you see? 14 million <laughs> different one. ways. And he says, well, how many times did we win? He said one. And I'm like, there's only one way that McCarthy could come out of this with his job question, and that's by getting absolutely embarrassed. And it happened, Pat. And it now the conversation dude. had to be had. I'm sorry, Pat. It did. So I'm I'm just sitting here thinking, I don't know how he survives this, but he did. What are you, what are your thoughts about McCarthy returning? Granted, knowing you know where you're at and whatnot, but what are your what are your thoughts about him returning? Oh and didn't man, surprise come on. You? Yeah. Oh. I'm gonna give it what I'm gonna give it just like I just gave it about the game analysis. It doesn't matter uh, what my yeah. outfit is yeah. that I'm wearing as far as who I work for. You you're gonna get me all the time, and and when you're doing great, you're gonna get the praise, and when you're not doing great, you're gonna get the the respectful criticism. And when you absolutely implode and have a, a historic meltdown on Sunday, you got to get what comes with that. I get that work. Um, so when it comes, 
Yeah, you got you got to. I mean, you got to stand in front of the train, uh, just like you'd be willing to stand in front of the commissioner and get the Lombardi Trophy if you had earned it. If you don't earn it, you got to get the train that comes with it. Um, so when it comes to Mike McCarthy, I mean, that was a failure on his part on Sunday. It was a failure on the, the part of his assistant and positional coaches, most of them anyway. Um, Lunda Wells, I'm not talking to you because Jake Ferguson, I see you. Um, but when you talk about McCarthy's um, hot seat status, we talked about it going into the game, and that analogy could not have been more perfect because that is exactly what I've been saying. That is exactly how I felt. But then it happened, and you're like, whoa, yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> you're like, hold up, wait a minute. Let me put some bass in it. Um, so here's where we are. McCarthy is sticking around. I'm not surprised. If they had chosen to depart, uh, part ways with him, I wouldn't have been surprised. Fans that are outraged about McCarthy staying, I get it. I feel you. I, and I know because I know why you are, mm-hmm. right? There's no way to not be furious about what happened on Sunday. There's no way to easily move past that with this current head coach and say the head coach that just allowed what happened on Sunday is the one that's going to get us to the promised land. I 100% understand that. From Derry Jones' perspective, I understand why he chose to keep him. See, this is this is what the problem was, Will. I said this on Cowboys break uh, a couple of times this week in that the problem is is the fashion in which they got defeated, to whom they lost, where they lost, mm-hmm. the magnitude of the game, all these storylines, those are fireable offenses. Yes. But, but it's also true that this guy's got you 36 wins in the past three seasons. He has the highest regular season winning percentage of any head coach in Cowboys franchise history. He's gotten you two division titles in the past three seasons. He's fought through uh, adversity, such as losing uh, a record-setting cornerback in Trevon Diggs and a starter in Leighton Vanderesh, and they were able to still keep it going. They chose to move on from Zeke. Running game wasn't fantastic, wasn't poor. We'll get to that in a second, though. Um, And – he was able to, in his first year back as an offensive play caller, he turned the Cowboys offense into the number one um, offense in the entire league. Made C.D. Lamb, a historic wide receiver, put Dak Prescott right up against Lamar Jackson as front runner for the MVP candidate. So you had just as many reasons to keep him around as you almost did to let him go. So honestly, still, no matter which direction they chose to go, you could make the argument for both, and that's what made this week so freaking challenging. Because also, and I'll say this, and I'll, I'll throw it back to you, I get people looking at the, the romantic names like a Bill Belichick. I was, I was out on Bill Belichick. No matter what the Cowboys did with Mike McCarthy, count me out on Belichick because he's not bringing Tom Brady with him. <laughs> so Belichick without Brady is, is Mac Jones. So no thank you. Um, Mike Vrabel. I would love him, if Dan Quinn leaves, I would love him in consideration for defensive coordinator along with maybe a couple of guys that are in the building, Al Harris, Joe Witt Jr. Um, But I wouldn't want Mike Vrabel as my head coach. Why, Pat, would you not want Mike Vrabel? Look what he did with Tennessee. Okay, to that I say this. Did you have fun watching Dak Prescott torch defenses with the aerial attack? You're not getting any of that with Mike Vrabel, my friend. Uh, you're going back to the Jason Garrett and Scott Linehan era. Run, 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 maybe we'll pass. Run, run, maybe we'll pass. I'm out on that. Um, so that also had to weigh into the decision as well. If you part ways with McCarthy, where are you going? Um, 
and Belichick's probably going to end up in Atlanta anyway. He's on his second interview. So all of this comes into play, and, you know, here we stand after Jerry Jones has weighed it all, and it's Mike McCarthy for 2024. Yeah, he, he's returning, and, 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 you know, I'm on the, the other side of I was looking forward to possibly making a move there. I thought they should have because, of, like you said, just the magnitude of everything. But he's here, right? So I also discussed what needs to happen to be better in season five because Mike McCarthy is returning. And I laid out some of my things, you know, some offensive things, running and whatnot. What do you think needs to happen with Mike returning in his fifth season, which feels like it'll be a lame duck season? Uh, but what needs to happen to have a more successful postseason run? Well, here's the thing about about lame duck, all right? Jason Garrett's last season was a lame duck season. Um, and the reason I hesitate to say that this one is a lame duck season for McCarthy is because, man, McCarthy can coach circles around Jason Garrett, regardless of what happened on Sunday. I think we all can agree that McCarthy can coach yeah. circles around Jason Garrett. Um, so that me saying that goes to my thought process of I think that Jerry Jones and the Cowboys split the difference. They said, okay, we're not going to fire you because you've done so much good, like a ridiculous amount of good in the, the regular seasons, and you even advanced last year in the playoffs. So we see that there's something there. But then on the other side of it, they're saying, well, you also didn't take a step forward this year. As a matter of fact, you fell off the planet this year in the wild card game. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to extend you. We'll keep you, but we're not going to extend you. Go prove it. So I, I look at this coming season less as a lame duck and more as a prove-it season because if it was Jason Garrett, i said this is lame duck because you've seen Garrett for 10 years and you know how this story ends, right? We haven't seen McCarthy for 10 years, so we don't necessarily know how the story ends. We just know how the story just ended and how it ended freaking sucks. Yeah. So all you can do is hope that it improves next year, but um, I want to see McCarthy in a prove-it season. We've, we've, we've seen Jason Garrett improve it years. And eventually it's just like he can't prove a damn thing. Now it's just lame duck, lame duck, get him out of here. When it comes to Mike McCarthy, this is his first prove-it year. So he has to treat it like a player. He has to treat it like a player who doesn't – there is no tomorrow. you got to go in there. you got to win it all now because anything short of winning it all in 2024 is not going to get you a contract extension. And Cowboys fans are going to, who want him gone are going to get what they want anyway. It's only 12 months away, 13 months away from your future being decided with the Cowboys. So, but the biggest thing is, first of all, penalties. And that goes to McCarthy, his coaching staff, penalties. you you got to coach these penalties out of these players. Um, your road record was, was not great, and that largely impacted several things over the course of the season. Um, it's because you were the most penalized team in the league, and a lot of those penalties and the type and timing of them happen on the road. You can't have that. Second of all, fix your run game. It's not completely broken, but it is not the same. It is not the Zeke-Pollard combo. And that's not a knock to Tony because Tony did get 1,000 yards, and he averaged, I think, 4.1, 4.2. This is respectable, but it wasn't great, but it wasn't poor. Like I said, Will, in a couple, two or three weeks ago in Science Lab, I said the problem with the run game is it's too middling. It's too par. It's too average. It's not changing games. Rico also had a great season as well. But both of those guys are unrestricted free agents. Hmm running back room might look different. Yeah. Deuce Vaughn experiment didn't go well. Hunter Lipke got in, finally got the ball, then got fumbled, then got into the doghouse, never got out of the doghouse. Fix your running game. Offensive line, your talent is there when they're completely healthy. You're going to have to address that 
uh, in the draft anyway. I don't know if you need to go in the first round. That's a draft conversation because Brock Hoffman looks good. TJ Bass is an absolute gamer. Tyler Smith is Tyler Smith. Um, but what about the coaching for your offensive line when it comes to your run scheme? Because the run scheme that you were running from your protection standpoint didn't necessarily jive with what Tony Pollard and Rico Dowdle were consistently doing well. McCarthy's set to meet with his assistant coaches late next week. Let's see who stays and who goes. Because one thing about McCarthy is we'll know he'll replace some coaches below yeah. him. I'm Mike Nolan. Hi, Joe Philbin. <laughs> right? He'll get some guys out of there and get some other guys in. So um, those are my two main things, penalties, fix the run game, and, and let's see what he does with his, his assistant coaching staff. But also, like we both know, the accused decision looms large. Mm. And uh, whether he stays or goes is going to – have a nuclear impact on what that defense looks like. 100%. And I'm actually going to attack that here when we're finished. But you, you said something that I just can't get away from um, that, look, it makes a lot of sense in the sense of, look, McCarthy is a show-me year. It, 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 should it be an all-in year then for the front office? And that's – this is a, a, such a discussion that we could have for a whole other day. But if we had some type of accountability – above McCarthy where they also were in a show me year they'll get fired if they don't do it maybe then it could be an all-in like we're going to go out here we'll make these trades we'll, we'll sign these top players we'll do everything in our power to make sure that this this lame duck right air quote year is given the best opportunity to win a Super Bowl if I'm McCarthy why not go to them and say look if we're not getting an extension then let's put all the chips in the middle of the table uh, Pat you have to. If you're Mike, you absolutely have to. If I'm Mike, I'm going in there in that same meeting, that three-hour meeting that he had with Jerry Jones this week. And one of the things I would have said after Jerry made his decision and said, "Okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to run this back and and uh, keep you on," I would have said, "Okay, I appreciate the vote of confidence. Now let me tell you exactly what I need to happen if mm -hmm. I'm not getting the contract extension. What I need to happen is I need you guys to go crazy in free agency." That's what I need you to do. I need these things to happen. I need these players to get their money so that they're not focused on this. And this. I need all of these things to happen 100% with you right there still because um, much like McCarthy moved on from Kellen Moore to put himself in position wherein if I'm going to get fired, I'm going to get fired because I got myself fired, not yeah. because my offensive coordinator got myself fired. Same mindset going into this one, okay, Go to them and say, hey, I know you got to get this, you know, this back extension done, and it's coming, folks, whether you like it or not, it's coming. we got to get CeeDee Lamb done. we got to start talking to Micah Parsons. We have 16 free agents, one of which being Dorrance Armstrong, one of your best pass rushers and run stoppers, and the list goes on and on. Certain things need to be done, but in-house. And while you're handling business in-house, you need to be looking outside of the building because NFL free agency is going to have an influx of very, very talented veteran talent that you need to get in on um, to just help take this team over the top. Because at this point in this coming season, either this team goes over the top or that's it. Yeah, there, there, gonna, there is no other side. You're going to be talking, uh, you're going to be talking to another head coach in 2025. Yep. So all in, all in. A, a lot of times people say Super Bowl of bust, and it's always true here, but it's, it's almost never been as true as it is right now for Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys. So we'll see. Like I said, Mike is here. I could see why people would be upset. I feel you. I could see why people are happy that he's still here. I feel that too. And that's the problem. 
he's given us enough to cheer about, but not a, but also enough to be angry about. And it's time to turn the page. It's time to get over that hump, Cowboys, because uh, fans are tired. And, um, yeah, wake up. Wake up and handle your business. Vecna, wake up, man. As Patrick Nosey Walker of DallasCowboys.com, I appreciate you always. This year has been, man, it's, it's been fantastic. This is our first year doing this, and I, I think it went amazing, bro, and I look forward to, to year two, bro. No, man, we had a blast, and, and to end it on some Hattie B's hot chicken, I mean, you got <laughs> me. You got me. Go, go cook, bro. I'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you, big dog.